When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm joined by Jonathan Taylor and Philip Talentaya for this week's Tripe Supper. It's two years since I talk Anchor took charge of Borough, which is the obvious talking point this week. Um, Phil, I remember sitting here a year ago and talking about his first year in charge. Two years on, do, do you think, are your thoughts the same? Karanka's doing a fantastic job. Is, is there any, any reason for concern? I don't think there's any reason for concern. That wouldn't maybe be the right word. I think... I think what what the position we're coming to now is really it's it's a case of either Borough win promotion or they don't um, come May and um, Aberon on course to win promotion. You'd have to say at the moment they're pretty much nailed on for top six. That would be a huge shock if Middlesbrough didn't finish in the top yeah. six. We're fourth at the moment, four points off the top. Um, so in 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 um, broad terms, Borough are on the right track. Um, strengthened over the summer he's had, he's had incredible support from Steve Gibson by and large the team seemed to be all on the same page in terms of tactics and the approach and the way on play we're only a couple of weeks after a fantastic cup win at Manchester yeah. United so you know let's, let's, let's not exaggerate things are going pretty damn well <laughs> um, we'd prefer Borough to be in the top two I mean looking back 12 months Borough were a point off the leaders uh, in 2014, this very this very day to, in 2014, joint second with Bournemouth, who had the same number of points but a better goal difference. So you could argue that Borough are slightly worse off than they were this time last year, although they had played a game more. Um, so very, what you what you might want to say if you want to be slightly critical is that Borough have a far better squad on paper than they did this time last year. Although yeah. we've we've had arguments. In the, in the office and outside the office that sometimes don't look any stronger um, particularly when we looked at the bench for the whole match so I think you'd have to be pretty negative and I think you'd have to be pretty um, critical to suggest that Borough aren't anything other than on the right track two years into a project and it's very much a project that Steve Gibson um, bought into when he appointed Aja Karanka his first foreign manager the, the, of course, there were the, the, the coaching staff, the, the major overhauls behind the scenes. Um, there's no reason to suspect, as we sit here today, that Borough won't achieve their aims come May, but it won't be easy. I think we're pretty much neck and neck of what they were last year. I mean, the points tally suggests that. But the one thing that has changed from last year is the expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this time last year, obviously, Middlesbrough had six years of pretty much mediocrity in the Championship. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Cranter always said it last year, didn't he? He always said, you know, I, I took over the club when they were you know, fifth, sixth from bottom and, and all of a sudden transformed them. And, and he was right, absolutely right. And he, he took the credit for that. This season, what's changed is uh, they spent a lot of money in the summer, second biggest spenders in the championship. You know, I don't buy what anyone says that Borough haven't spent money they have. They put the eggs in the basket of getting up this year. And obviously with the pain of the playoff final in every, fresh in everyone's mind, the expectations have gone up this year. Um, if you look at the kind of the games, there's been good, good things happening this season, there's been bad things happening this season, much like there was at this time last year as well. Remember the back-to-back home defeats last year? 
was a big kind of disappointment. But then they went they went to Cardiff and won, and that was a big kind of moment, wasn't it? Mm. Um, equally this year, you know, they've had the disappointments, the home defeat against Bristol City, but then you know they've gone and got some great results. You know, obviously in the in the cup as well. Um, so I think it's pretty neck and neck, and now you you're waiting over the next few weeks to see what borough come out now, uh, whether it will be the borough that all of a sudden go on a run, uh, like we all hope or whether it is going to continue along the way that it was last season where it's going to be a real grind. I think, um, especially in the last couple of weeks, you kind of take stock of the stability, don't you, in the, the stable position Borough find themselves in when you look at what's going on at Leeds and the fact they've got a new boss every week and, and uh, Huddersfield and Blackburn and whoever else has sacked the manager in the last few weeks. But Karanka's still learning, isn't he? And, and it, over the last few weeks, he, he's he's talked about that a few times hasn't he and how mistakes he's made and he has to learn from those mistakes that's a positive sign isn't it that that he does admit those mistakes I guess and that he is he is willing to learn from them yeah I mean one of the things he's said regularly since coming here is he's learning something every day in the job he's you know it, 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 one thing that's levelled at him sometimes is that he's not flexible and he's you know he, he, but then he, he'll counteract that by saying yeah I learnt from this and I learnt from that and I learned not to do something and he, he admitted he perhaps reacted wrong to the Fulham result, didn't he, in the mm. Cardiff result. Um, so, of course he's learning. He's t- you're absolutely right. He's two years into a managerial role. Um, he's made mistakes. No manager hasn't made mistakes. He's got a lot right as well. And um, he's, I think the important thing, he's got the support of his chairman, which is always critical. When you see the, you know, is it eight managers that have changed already in the yeah, championship? You know, we, I think we sometimes forget how lucky we are in covering a club like Middlesbrough that's got that stability. We don't think from one day to the next, I wonder if we come in today and find out the manager's been sacked. It's oh. just not that kind of club, yeah. and it's it that is a rarity now. I mean, just just to just to throw you something in to 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 go back slightly on the on the question about are we stronger a year ago? This is completely unscientific, but I'll just read you out the eleven that started against Bournemouth, which is the last match before his first anniversary. And it was it was Dimi in goal. The back four was Fredericks, Ayala, Gibson, and Friend. Clayton led better as the holding midfielders. An attacking trio of Reach, Tomlin and Wiltshut and Bamford up front. Now, a little bit of a parlour game is, does that line-up sound any weaker than the line-up from Middlesbrough's match on Saturday at Hull? Because I don't think it really does, with Wiltshut apart. I think the difference there is the wingers, isn't it? Or oh, that three behind, certainly, and I mean, you... you the vast majority would have Bamford back, wouldn't they? Whether it's leading the line well, or whether it's just as a squad depth. But yeah. those wingers, that, yeah. that, the wingers there, I think, is the difference. If, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I would ask you to read out the bench on that day. Yeah. Uh, and you're looking at, you've got the three subs that came on were Kike, Adoma, Vossen. and Vossen. Yeah. Now, if, you, you know, if, if we are doing an unscientific, you look at Borough's bench on Saturday at Hull and they needed a game changer. Yeah, and you know, Nugent had already gone off, so Kike came on. The only attacking players on the bench were Depena and, and Sue. I know they've got a couple of injuries, Giovanni and Forshaw, but being devil's advocate, I mean, I think they're pretty much exactly the same in terms of strength. I'd argue that the league, and I have argued over the past week, that the league's stronger this year. Yeah. Uh, I was slightly surprised to see that Borough are favourites with Sky Bet, who are obviously the Championship's uh, sponsors, that, that Borough are still favourites to win, to win the title this year. Are you surprised, especially after seeing what... How impressive Hull were on Saturday. And Warnock said this week, Neil Warnock, that he thinks Hull are the strongest team. But we're definitely there or there Yeah, bookies aren't, aren't often wrong, are they? Let's be honest. And, you know, it's a little bit unfair. Because we've got the international break, that's given us a pause to reflect on the season so far. We've got a nice, tidy 
16 games, which is virtually a third of the way through, a way through the season. Slightly more than a third of the way through, actually. But so that's a good sample size, isn't it? Mm. So I think because we've gone into this break on, we've gone into this break on the back of a pretty poor performance. It taints yeah, everyone's mm. reflections yeah. and everyone's thinking. There didn't look to be a plan B at Hull. It's a fourth defeat in twelve. Uh, sorry, in sixteen games. That's one in four. <coughs> Those kind of stats don't look particularly impressive. We, but you, if you if you start this process a game earlier, it's a completely different picture, isn't it? You know, you've had the Man United game. Yeah. You've got you've, you've you've had the victory over um, Rotherham and Charlton. So you go into it in a completely different mindset. I think I think taking the bigger broader view, which is what you have to do when you're a bookmaker, you're looking at Borough's squad and I think everyone's been saying from pretty much the start of the season, that squad should get Borough up as champions or as second place. Mm. Well, you know, and it, it could be that in two or three weeks' time the table has a whole different look about it and suddenly everyone says, well, that, those, those odds were right. So... It's, the bookmakers aren't often wrong, are they? It's funny that we're in November and I read Mick McCarthy's comments about how four of the top yeah. six places are already yeah, yeah. already sorted, apparently. I mean, Borough are up there as well as Burnley, Derby um, and Hull. So Ipswich are playing for just the two remaining places. But how many? I think Borough finished, what, four points off Watford last year? So the four points of automatic promotion. And you can't really argue the bookies because I don't think that Borough will be that. I mean, I reckon I bet you there's only three or four points in it again this season between the top three. Top Certainly four. looks that way. Doesn't I mean, it? it's interesting. Just finally on that point is the, the again going back in exactly a year. Derby were top, and out of the top six on this week last year, five five of those teams finished in the top six. Derby the ones to dip out. Norwich were the ones to climb into it. If we'd had this discussion exactly twelve months ago, we'd all be saying. Well, Derby and nailed on. Yeah, Derby and the team. Yeah. They're the team that beat. You've got a good, a good experience <clears throat> manager with a very strong squad. It's about who finishes second to Derby or who finishes in the top two with Derby, isn't it? And I think so. We've got to be careful not to take this week as, as in isolation and say, you know, at the moment Hull do look strong and they're a, they've got some good players in that squad and a strong bench. And Steve Bruce knows how to get teams promoted. So you'd, you'd, be, you'd imagine they'd be a good bet for the top two, but. Where the rest of it shakes up is going to be a good guess. On the subject of Derby, there was talk this week that they were linked with or, or that they're going to dip in for Charlie Austin and Mikel Antonio in January. Do you think Borough look to strengthen? That's a really good question. We've had, we've had some great chats this week, haven't we, in the office about, you know, for example, Patrick Bamford would be the obvious choice. He's, he's, he's probably going to invoke his get-out clause at Crystal Palace if Chelsea don't drag him back first. Mm. Um, the, the 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 debate is if you're Steve Gibson, do you do you go back and dig? I don't know how much is left in the pot. I can't imagine there's a great deal because he's been he's been to the well a few times, hasn't he? This <laughs> in this last few months, you might he might be tempted to say, "I'm sorry, you've got what you've got, make it work." work but, it. but but history tells us, and Steve Gibson being the massive Borough fan that he is, tells us that he'll have one more dig down the back of the sofa. And see if he can find that tenor that he'd, um, yeah. he, he, he thought had in his back pocket because he's just determined to get Middlesbrough promoted and, this and season. There's, there's five billion reasons why Borough have to get promoted this season as well with the new Premier League TV rights deal coming in next year. Yeah. So if whoever doesn't go up this year will find it almost impossible to you know, launch another, have a really good chance of promotion. So where do Borough need to strengthen if, if they were to to bring in a player or two in January, where, where should that player be? Well, it depends if you think Borough's formation 
I mean, Borough, Borough are the I think I think they're one of the top scorers in the division. I think they're currently joint third mm. top scorers in the division, and I think they're also quite, they've got the third best defensive record as well. So there ain't too much wrong, but one concerning stat, and you can use stats to make all sorts of points, is Borough have drawn four blanks in the last seven league games, and I don't know if that's an accident or whether that's you know a result of teams once again working out how to play Borough. Mm. Um, and that's a concern that if Borough struggled to score a game because <clears throat> that was the problem last season. I think even Ito admitted that. So, so it depends if you think it's a systemic problem with the way the team plays, a tactical issue, or whether you think it's the personnel. So in an ideal world, if Bamford's available, you'd go for him, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, he certainly would. Now, if you look last season, I mean, Bamford's 19 goals, Borough's lowest scorers in the top eight last season, including Patrick Bamford's 19 goals. That's been taken out. Vossen's, was it eight or nine? Six, oh, there you go, eight, that, and that's <clears> taken <throat> out. Now, they've replaced with Stuani, who obviously started very well. Uh, Nugent's come in and started scoring goals as well, but they still haven't replaced those goals. And Grant's goals as well. And Grant's yeah. goals as well. I but but in a 4-2-3-1, <coughs> how many strikers can you play in, in that formation? Yeah. This is it. I know, I know there's been kind of arguments made for if you've got four strikers and you're playing one up front, is it just going to muddy the waters in what you do? I think the point was last year, you touched it there, they didn't just have to replace Bamford's goals, they had to replace Bamford's goals and the goals which cost them, cost or the yeah. lack of goals, which yeah. cost them. Well, cost also, them. also, I think we're talking about strikers, but but maybe the fundamental flaw at the moment is the three behind, because we've seen all sorts of variations in personnel. Um, we've seen Downing on the left, in the middle, on the right. We've seen the Dormer in the team and out of the team. We've seen Fabrini playing in the middle and on the wings. We've seen Stuani on the right, and then he, he's disappeared through injury. I think... Probably the key moving forward is got to be resolving those three positions yeah. because I I don't know from one week to the next who's going to end up being on that team sheet. I don't think anybody else outside the club has it really. You're second guessing, aren't you? I think I don't see any reason why we know that more often than not, Clayton and Ledbetter are the two defensive mm-hmm. midfielders. Why can't we have that clarity of thought for the attacking three with what, what whichever scenario it turns out to be, and I think probably Aitor would admit it. It probably have hoped Carlos Depeña was further down the road by now, but clearly it's taken him a little bit longer to settle than expected. So you know, you've got Adoma, you've got Downing, you've got Fabrini. Where does Stuani fit in when he comes back? Does he go up front or does he play in midfield? I think that area and how they interact with the two behind and the one in front. It's critical to Burry moving forward. You with saw that in mind then, sorry Johnny, with that in mind, if, if you were to play Downing in the number 10 where I think he's been at his best this year, a, a Borough, I mean there's been talk this year about Reach and Wilshot and whether one of those should be recalled. Um, this week, sorry, talk this week. Is, is a Borough short on the wings? If Downing plays as number 10, it, you've got Depenya to play on the left and who else is there? Do, yeah. do you think Borough are possibly one, two wingers short? Yeah, definitely. I've said it all along. The, the short out wide. And you saw at Wolves what good wingers can do that can change games. Now, Adoma and Downing came off the bench and pretty much transformed that game. I know Fabrini's goal was the one that got him in it, but pretty much Downing and Adoma transformed that. Now, if Adoma slash or Downing, you know, uh, out or injured or whatever, who's coming in? Well, who's, I would say who's the replacement? I agree with that. And also, the critical thing about wide players, whether they're Downing, whoever they are, is the end product. And really, the only source of consistent end product we've had this season, you have probably hang your hat on, is Stuart Downing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's nine times out of ten, he'll deliver you a decent ball in the box, or he'll, 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 he'll find a player where you don't think there's a player available. 
Adoma, you know, blows hot and cold. Frankly, his delivery um, is 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 inconsistent, and Sui rarely gets the right ball in the middle for all his positive build-up play. He, I can't remember you know, how many times he's actually picked out a Borough player when he's delivered a cross-in. That could come to the back to the fact that we never seem to get enough players in the box. But nonetheless, I completely take Jonathan's point about wing having options on the wing. because you know, Fabrini doesn't look to me as an out-and-out winger. No, Stu- no I don't think Stuart is meant to be an out-and-out winger. So we're back to the old square pegs and round holes in that situation of last season where we went into the playoff final with... Um, Tomlin out wide on the left, Adoma on the right, which is fair enough, and um, Vossen in the middle. So two of your three key attacking players are playing pretty much out of position. Oh, position. Ru- and, uh, you know. Ru- rewind back to the whole game, 60 minutes in, for a trailing 1-0 and the game's drifting by. You look back at that Borough bench now, you need someone to change the game. Nugent's already limped off, Keaton's already <laughs> on. You need someone to spark in that final third. You've got Depena, who, as we said, is struggling to find his feet, and Insu, who is... I think a much better right back than a right than a right midfielder. There's no options, but you've got three wingers out there: Reach, Carriol, and Wilshot, who are, who are on Borough's books. Reach especially, who knows the whole kind of system and, and the philosophy. It it seems really does seem a no-brainer to get one of them back. Well, it's concerning that he didn't want to turn to Depeni, which suggests that he mm. probably doesn't think that he was going to affect the game. And again, there's, so there's one of your summer signings, and you think, well, well when will he? When will he affect a game? I, I think Will should's better off being where he is, frankly. Um, I think he's getting regular football, and that's one thing he's been lacking. And I think if you give him another month or so at, at Wigan, and then you've got an option, maybe do you bring him back in January if you don't get anybody in your Have a look. Have a, have a, look, look. Have a yeah. proper look. I think Reach has been a lucky. He was a little bit quiet at the end of last season, but for much of the season, he's one of, it was one of the genuine positives to mm, come out yes, of it. Yeah. Got a new contract. He started the new season a little bit quietly, but had a couple of decent performances here and there. I completely agree with what Andrew said this week when he when he described me. if his name was Richinho yeah. and his passport was Portuguese or Spanish. I think he'd be in the squad, frankly, um, because he's, we do have this thing about not quite rating our own, you know. Um, and he's certainly, if nothing else, he's a player worth having on the bench yeah. to throw on. You know, the last twenty minutes at Hull. I mean, I think we forget that that game was one nil for quite a yeah, while. It was. Yeah, it was still you know, there. You know, George Friend's chance that fell to him. It was still one nil when that dropped. If that goes in, it's one all. You might have another Wolves on your hand. Yeah, on your hands. So, so I certainly think Adam Reach. Um, you know, for, for you know, he hasn't set the world on fire. But by all means, he's, he's, he, you look at some of the players in the squad. And you think, well, they haven't set the world on fire, frankly. I think back to what Andrew said as well uh, in his notebook this week. He was talking about how if you do bring someone in in January, and I guess this goes for Reach and Wiltshire as well. You, you want you want someone who's going to actually strengthen the squad and not just an option. But you also can't afford to bring someone in that takes two months to, to bed no, in. No, no, no. Because Borough, you're looking now, Borough are four points behind the league leaders where that, you know, at the start of the season the objective was to win the league. Now the third of the season gone, they're four points behind. If you, you know, rely on another couple of months for someone to bed in, who says that you're not eight points behind the lead and then it's almost impossible? You need someone to hit the ground running and it's obvious for me that, that Reach is someone that understands the way Karanka is, understands the formation, the system. Um, so, so what's he doing over at Deepdale? I mean, the one thing you might get back is you might get Alex Baptiste back soon. We talk, let's talk about him being back before Christmas. Um, now, I, I think we, well, I think right back's a consistent problem for Borough. I don't think we, anyone knows what the best who, who sorry who the best right back is. And Sui is a good attacking full back, but he's vulnerable defensively. Thomas Callas kind of halfway between being a centre back and a full back. What's his best position? 
and we've got a, we've got a left back who we can rely on. We've got at least two or three centre backs who we we can pretty much hang our hats on. But the right back's a little bit of a weak point, and <laughs> that probably affects whoever's playing in right midfield as well. So there's, there's well, it's developing that understanding, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, on the left, you've quite you know everyone who goes in on the left knows they're going to be playing in front of George Friend. So you can train that way. You can you can you can map out your match formation that mm. way. You can run through your drills every week with the same idea. On the right hand side. It seems to be a consistent problem. Linking well, back to last season, what was the problem position last yeah, season? Right back. It was yeah. right back. Although I do changed. think that, that that was slightly unfortunate for Borough last year because it was a curse of right back, wasn't yeah. it? Fred, uh, sorry, yeah, Fredericks did well and then oh, got well, injured. That, yeah, mm. that was a little odd. Uh, at the back yeah. end of the year, he wasn't in. Uh, obviously, Abella got injured. Um, Centre half at the minute, I think it's, it's just quickly off on a on a tangent. Now Ben Gibson's kind of found himself on the bench. I'd personally like to see Gibson and Ayala back in to kind of establish that. You, you know, then you've got your go-to pair at centre-half and your go-to pair in centre-midfield. Just briefly, back to, to what you mentioned about Hull, the kind of falling behind. Um, now, I know Vic had argued the game after the day after the game against Hull that uh, this, this idea of Borough struggling when they fall behind isn't kind of a fundamental flaw and, and that Borough's average of, of getting points from behind is the average for the Championship. Uh, John, and you've looked at some stats that suggest otherwise. I mean, on Saturday, I felt that when Borough went 1-0 down, there was kind of an inevitability that that was it. Do you think that's the case? Um, yeah, at the minute. I mean, I've looked at I looked at the stats all last season, uh, and out of the entire top eight, Middlesbrough recouped the fewest number of points from losing positions. They they recouped five points from thirteen games when they were losing. Obviously, the they got the win at Bolton, the two draws against Wigan and Birmingham. You look at you know the team that just finished above them, Norwich. They recouped twenty points from losing games, albeit you know they they went behind in more games. It is a problem, um, and and. You know, looking at the stats in black and white, it is clear that that is a problem. And then if you look at the stats this year, Borough have lost four out of five that they've conceded first. It's still a problem. How do you arrest that? Well, I think you've got you've got a you've got a. This is this is a question for the manager ultimately, isn't it? How do you affect a game when 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 you got off to the start you didn't expect? I think the example I would use more than any would be Reading, where Borough fell behind in the fifteenth second, um, and actually. Recovered quite well. I mean, you were there, uh, Dom. He recovered well, and to the point where you thought, stick into this game, you're going to get a point, if yeah. nothing else. And what surprised me was that 10 minutes into the second half, Burroughs didn't look like scoring. They didn't look like conceding, but they didn't look like scoring. For, to me, that was the time to make the tactical change. You've, given them, you've, had, you've told them off at half-time, you've told them how you want them to go out and play better in the second half, you've given them some tactical advice, you've told them to target certain areas of the pitch, hasn't changed anything, you make a change. I don't think we're seeing those kind of game-changing substitutions and tactical switches with 30, 35 minutes to go that I think I would expect to see, frankly, in this situation, a little bit the same as Saturday. You know, we talked about the whole game, you, you, you mentioned De Pena or somebody like that coming on, even send Grant on and send him up as an attacking player, Drop, you know, take, take one of your defensive midfielders away, roll the dice a little bit, you're probably going to lose, so have a go at trying to turn a losing position into a winning position. And I, and I think, ultimately, it comes down to your manager and your coaches to, to, to affect a game when it's not going your way. Does this come back to that, that plan B, then, that's often talked about, Jono? Or the lack of it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was interesting speaking to Aitor after the the game at Hull, and the one word that he kept saying was ambition. 
Um, and quite a few Borough fans, you know, we, we've spoke to them since. And I think ambition has to come from all quarters. It come, has to come from the players. I agree with Ito what you're saying, that the players, you know, need to go out and try and kill games. There's a spell in the whole game where Borough were actually on top first 15 minutes. Yeah. Nugent whistled on just wide at the post. Fabrini and looked, the run of the post. Looked very good. Yeah. Fabrini had the, you know, the freedom of the KC. That was the moment where Borough had to really go and be ambitious. But equally, I think that more than one Borough fan has come to me and said that that ambition lies with the manager as well. You know, if you're losing a game, you've got zero points. You know, you'll still have zero <coughs> points if you if you, if you stay like that. But if you go and, and really change change the formation, go all out, you might lose two 0 but you might get a point. To people, think, oh, sorry, sorry, I was going to say people bring up quite often the the Bournemouth and the Wool, uh, the Watford games from last season as games where Borough um, were beaten. I think I think the, the the important thing that came from those games is Borough didn't manage to at least draw them. Mm. You know, I think we all accept that in a forty six game season you're going to lose occasionally. Every team has the right to lose. Every team has the right to turn up and occasionally not play well because the opposition are trying it just as hard as you are, and the manager, their opposition manager, might outthink your manager. That happens. I think that if the, but if you're seeing certain patterns repeated, then that's where you kind of think. Going to, going to these big six pointers, and more often than not, we you know we're coming out of them. I mean, even beating Norwich last season, Borough got a little bit lucky. Let's be honest; it was a fantastic, gutsy Brentford. performance. Um, Brentford, even yeah, I mean, you know, the short spirit in those situations. But the the critical thing for me is, can Borough turn those the the Watford defeat, <coughs> the Bournemouth defeat? You know, when they go one down to a bit of a shaky start, can they get something out of a match? Good teams find a way, don't they? I'm looking back exactly a year ago, Bournemouth got a nil-nil draw at Borough. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I it was a good, good even match, but you know you kind of think, well, Bournemouth did their bit by going to Borough and getting a point. We didn't do our bit by going there and getting a point off them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Bournemouth, Bournemouth man for man, were any better than oh, Borough last season. Oh, yeah. Watford. No. no, I think that was a frustrating thing, wasn't it? To wrap things up, then, um, it, this kind of fortnight, this week, this fortnight, does have a feel of uh, a point of assessing where 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 we're at so far this season. When will be the next stage to do that? Do you think? Because Borough have got a tough run of games, haven't they? Especially throughout December, where I guess will really will really paint the picture of, of of how strong Borough are this year and what can we expect of them. Is it after Christmas? Do you think where we can next sit back and think? Where are we and what can we expect? Yeah, is it, is it Boxing Day or is it New Year's Day that falls bang halfway through the season? Uh, it's going to be pretty relentless from now on in, I think. Obviously, the next international break is miles off. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're looking over Christmas when they're coming thick and fast, and then you have the break for the first round of the FA, this third round of the FA Cup, sorry, in early January. That's the point where you're probably looking at the table, and if you're not there or thereabouts, then you're thinking, well, hang on, we're in, we're in trouble here. And that will obviously force quite a lot of managers. Uh, hands. I mean, people. There will be money thrown around in January for those teams sitting, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. If Borough are just above that, you you know, if you, if you're not bedded in that top six, then you always say that one team comes out of nowhere, and Borough need to make sure that they're just within touching distance of that leading pack by then. I mean, Borough. I completely agree about the the FA Cup third round being the break off point for our next chance to assess the season. I think the important thing is that in that run, there's some some really some good games, some difficult games. You know, Borough have got to go to Bryant, they've got to go to Whipswich, got to go to Blackburn. I know who Burnley knows. And Burnley come here, yeah. Huddersfield with you the know, new manager. You know, yeah. got a cup tie against Devon, which is fantastic, but a little bit of a distraction. I don't care what anyone says. When you want to win, when you want to top a league, it's wonderful to have a great quarter final cup tie to look forward to. But again, it's it's one little thing to get in the way of of the day job, so to speak. So. It isn't going to be an easy run. Even QPR looking, you know, potentially being managed by 
championship specialist Neil Warnock for that match at home. Mm-hmm. You, you look at it, and if you're a glass half full person, you suddenly think, well, these some big challenges. And look, you can even hear the sirens outside. <laughs> they were warning us it's a difficult time coming ahead. But yeah, it's 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 a great, it's a really exciting. I'm really looking forward to the next yeah. few weeks. I think it's going to be a real humdinger. And if Borough do well, we can sit down and say, well, they've come through a really tough time. They've come up against some tough teams and they're well-placed for, for, for 2016. I think that's what we hope we're able to say when we sit down here. And they're the games you want, aren't they? You want to be at the top. You want to, you want to be approaching Christmas and, and having Burnley, who are a point around you, you know, who are exactly the same spot as you are coming, and you want to be going to Brighton, and you want to be you know, going on Boxing Day thinking, well, if we can win today, we can go top. Surely that's what it's all about in this league. Of course it is. I mean, I, we always say, don't we, that... Borough fans have never had it better, really, than the you know these last well, two I really in recent history. Brilliant, Wembley. You know, it's these these the, exactly these <laughs> these seasons where you're winning more than you're losing. Mm. I think it's thirty four out of sixty two last season and some of this season is the is the win win loss yeah. so win 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 not win ratio. So you've won more than half your games. It's it's nice being a, a reporter or a fan going to the ground when you think you've got a really good chance of winning. This time next year, if we're borough in the Premier League and we're talking about going to the likes of West Brom and scrapping a nil nil out, you know, uh, you yeah. look back it, to this season. Yeah, it'd be a good point at West <laughs> Brom, to be fair. Uh, half an hour, you're probably sick to death of us by now. So thanks again for listening. Thanks, Jono. Thanks, Phil. Cheers, man.